This is an attempt to do a cheerful Doctor Who podcast, and to that end, I have asked a guest to nominate a Doctor Who story that they love, and I have to watch it and guess what their favourite things about it are. Welcome to Happy Times and Places, with me, Toby Haydock, and my very special guest, writer Simon Gerrier, who has chosen The Evil of the Daleks, and we're up to episode four. You can watch along with us, or just have a listen. Your choice. <clears throat> well, let's go back in time through the medium of static electricity, and... Watch episode four of Evil of the Daleks, and I'm going to press play in three, two, one. Let's see, <laughs> which makes no difference because you'll be on a different machine and in a different medium for me. And still it has, it's starting now. Uh, I do like these titles, by the way. That I, I Later Doctor Who titles are great. I, I, many a great title sequence in Doctor Who. But I love the sheer abstraction of the Bernard Lodge stuff. You know, it's 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 a suggestion of time and space without it. The idea that it's literal, and then the Doctor's face comes on and, and is torn to pieces, which is whoa. Um, and then the font is quite sort of it's very evil of the Daleks actually. Uh, the, the font is it's uh, like like it's just on the front of a book cover. So you've got sort of an it's like having an ancient book. Um, uh, uh, a sort of projected that the, the writing on the cover of an ancient book project, projected onto the sort of the the, the 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 billowing movement of space and time love it um now we've no idea what this uh, is like peter diamond is the fighter ranger who knew what he was doing an excellent stuntman who who did work on the star wars movies i think he did the fight for the Princess Bride, which is you've not seen the the sword fight in the Princess Bride, is is one of the greatest movie sword fights of all time. Witty, really well done. It's got character in it as well as action. It's brilliant. If you've not seen the Princess Bride, I don't know what you're doing here. Go and see the Princess Bride, where you watch me talking long to still pictures. Um, uh, and but Doctor's you know history is littered with fairly bad fights as well. I'm looking at you, the time meddler. Um, but I trust Derek Martinez and I trust Peter Butter, uh, Peter Butterworth, Peter Diamond. I also trust Sonny Caldenes because he was a wrestler, of course. Uh, so, you know, again, it's very difficult. That's why I think, you know, that's partially the reason this... I, 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 I'm sort of a bit muddy about the middle episodes of Evil, which are very important, of course, because... Jamie is basically being a guinea pig doctor um, to, to, to distill the human factor, what, whatever that is. I like, I like, it is a bit David Whittaker. That wasn't, I think there was going to be, the, in the original story, they go back in time and get a caveman called Og, um, which, because uh, uh, they needed, you know, somebody to do stuff to, to distill, you know, S essence de humanité uh, or whatever it is um, uh, oh yeah there's some outside filming of Kemmel hanging down the roof um, so yeah Og would have uh, Og would have been the key to the human factor 
whatever that is. They're, they're very vague about it because it's, it's a very vague sort of idea. There's, there's, there's one thing that makes us human. What is it? It's a, it's a factor. It's a thing. Uh, and, and can you narrow it down with that? Well, it's not the thing that makes the Daleks the Daleks. What's that? That's a different sort of factor. Going to go into any more detail? Don't need to, because I'm going to make it a really good production with really interesting characters uh, and a big Dalek fight at the end. So you'll sort of forget about that bit. Oh, OK. And I, I sort of do, because but that and, and, and that, the idea of alchemy, the idea that, uh, you know, Maxtable is after alchemy and um, David Whittaker's um, uh, absolute faith in Mercury as being something that can do almost anything. Uh it makes his approach to science a particularly um, very much his own thing. Uh, but I don't mind it because he's, he's an interesting writer, David Whittaker. He pushes different buttons. Um, and, and, and I think that's what the discontinuity guide meant, perhaps, by what, what is it, papering over its scientific implausibility with a confident swagger. Yeah, it's a brilliant period production with uh, a, 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 a gloriously interesting guest character um so therefore the yeah the the science we can forget about now we've just seen victorious handkerchief on the floor which is the birth of many a great anecdote from fraser hines about picking up uh things of victorias that have been dropped and uh picking up uh and replacing them the prop with a pair of knickers uh much to the embarrassment of deborah watling i think there's a similar that anecdote one size fits all. It can also fit something that happened in uh, the Web of Fear as well. Um, <laughs> and, and and again, aren't those much loved anecdotes um, part of our part of our experience and the appeal of the show? Oh, Kemmel's got a fez. Long before in Doctor Who land, fezes were cool. Uh, is it the? It's not the only fez in classic Doctor Who uh, uh, Ibrahim Namin has one in uh, Pyramids of Mars I'm not going to list all the fezzes in Doctor Who I don't know them uh, but there's those two now interesting Patrick Troughton is not here this week I think this is the first week he has off since he started it was that was really interesting when I did my book uh, with Rob Shimon running through corridors and we, we, we you know we watched the series in order um, a couple of episodes a day was Hartnell has quite a lot of time off, various various weeks off. Troughton is worked into the ground, uh, uh, and he's off. He's off this week. Is the next episode he has off? Web of Fear two, I think it might be, and then he has one off in Wheel in Space. Has one off in Seeds of Death. Has the filming off the Dominators, but he doesn't get he doesn't get that much time off. Um, and certainly in this first first year of his, worked into the ground. Um, but in this episode, he's in the episode, but he has to do some pre-filming. So Troughton and the Dalek, those scenes will have looked extra swanky because they'll have been shot on film. But I, and I, I've got, to, I don't think Deborah Watling's there either, is she? Is she all on film this week? So Fra Fraser Hines was king of king of the studio this week. Uh, <laughs> I wonder who got dressing room number one. Ooh. Uh, so yes, there's there's Windsor Davis back as a corpse for one week only. Uh, fees a fee. Oh. Um, 
and of course the the, the character dynamics and I, 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 and the and the whole he's very wild eyed, isn't he, uh, Marius Gore? And you sense he's you, you you sense he's enjoying the fact that he he gets to be he he gets to indulge himself as a performer, gets to give a vivid performance. I remember when I interviewed uh, Clive Merrison, who's in uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, the story after this, but who is a one wonderful actor. And, and I think an actor of great colour and character. But he, he said to me, he said, I am, you know, I, I, am, I am rather a vivid actor. And I like that because I think OTT sounds disparaging and, and is wrong, actually. I, I, like, I like performances with a bit of heft. And I think vivid is a great description. So, yes, Marius Goring is vivid. And John Bailey is vivid in a different way. He, he gives, he's, he's he, oh, of course, because, oh, and the character dynamics are great here because you've got... Yeah, Maxwell's, you know, he's prepared to kill uh, his friend. You know, the manipulation that Maxwell does with Waterfield, that we go, well, he's bad, but the doctor's manipulating Jamie, but for good. Oh, do the ends justify the means? We know what sort of people say that. It's really interesting character dynamics. There's a lot going on amongst the, the long scenes between Kemmel and Jamie, which are, of course, again do not benefit from the fact that we cannot see them because Kemmel doesn't speak. Uh, um, I've, got a, I've got a lovely picture because um, Sonny did, um, did the Ice Warriors commentary. I've got a great picture taken by my friend Simon Harris of Deborah Watling, who's small, Fraser Hines, who's a bit bigger, and then Sonny, who's really tall. And they're all hugging each other. I think Sonny's that way on, and then Fraser's there, and then Debbie's behind. And it's great, and it's this sort of... It's it's like a lovable version of that um, John Cleese, Ronnie Barker, Ronnie Corbett sketch, but they're all they're all hugging each other. Are those Victoria Waterfield's knickers? Um, <laughs> uh, I think I interrupted myself on a train of thought. I'm sorry about that. Uh very difficult because i have to follow this and talk at the same time it's 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 the way it works um but uh, it wouldn't make for much of a much of a podcast if you're just listening if i didn't say anything uh so jamie is talking to kemmel uh because yes they're trying to they're trying to find the human factor that's what i was talking about the the dynamics between the characters here you've got you've got this sort of extended family you've got waterfield and his mate maxtable his manipulative friend his manipulative rich friend maxtable who lives at grimsdyke house uh and uh then ruth and terrell and molly who who if if i mean if this was a shorter story if this was a story being told today you, i think you'd still have those characters i think we sometimes um, knock modern who are, or modern telly by going well the reason these stories because they've got seven episodes in which to tell the story means that you can get interesting supplementary characters I think in modern who you get you get you get characters who are in one scene who can move you or Russell T Davis was particularly good at that um, uh, or can give you backstory I, I think I think there's more economy of storytelling um, but that's partially to do with technology. These were mounted in a very different way, uh, and I I love this. So I'm not um, I'm not being disparaging of either. I think you can I think you can love both. Again, things are 
complicated and liking one thing doesn't mean you dislike another and i think the characters of terrell and ruth and lovely molly dawson are are good additions like the terrell subplot is a really interesting one it doesn't really you could the story could do without it but uh, he's he's an interesting character um and actually for when this story moves on as it does in a couple of episodes time i think the fact that you've got to know these supplementary characters so well and, and you know they're with us for you know we meet molly and ruth in episode two and we see them for the last time in episode six so they're with us for a month or so um which is a whole story for some characters in you know in, in four parties um it feels like we, you know, we're moving because we leave them behind. It's like, oh God, the story's, the story, another chapter is opening up, and it gives it this, this sort of feeling of an epic. Uh, it, it, it also felt like an epic because I remember Patrick Trout in interviews, you know, sometimes said, oh, they should, you know, we we could if we did a film, we could remake Evil of the Daleks. I'm sure that was. That was something he banded about. So it was, it was, oh God, if that's the one Patrick Trouton really loves, it must be an amazing one. Um, and it and it does feel like something special. Uh, oh, it's, and it's 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 nice that uh, Kemal and Jamie have uh, have lots of sort of ad adventuring to do together. Jamie's a very friendly fellow, and Fraser Hines is great. Um, he uh he's a great ambassador for doc too he's old-fashioned fraser hines in that he's all about sort of giving value to the viewer he's always if he you know he's always trying to and that's in his approach to to how he he, he approaches doing you know conventions and uh and and and, and commentaries and, and, and documentaries and stuff like that but I think as an actor he's like that as well he's 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 never lazy he's uh he, he's always trying to keep things interesting without without mugging he's not a, he's not a, he's not a selfish actor I don't think uh I like I've got a lot of time for Jamie he's a great he's one of the great companions and isn't it amazing to think that he's in he's in every Trout and Story bar bar the first one but of course because this is this is season four. We have no complete stories from season four. Isn't that an absolute tragedy? I mean, isn't it weird that the 10th planet's missing its last episode? Um, don't trot out the Blue Peter thing. That's not, that's not true. <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, because it was season five was the big loss when I was, when I was younger, I mean, we only had, I think there were only one, two, four, four, five episodes from season five, I think. No, because they didn't have both the wheel in space. Four episodes from season five, I think, when I was a, when I was a time tot. So we actually had more from season four because we got most of the 10th planet, a couple of episodes of the moon base. Uh, We've got one episode of the Faceless Ones. Then we've got one episode of the Underwater Menace. So we only marginally got more of season four, but we did have more of season four. Um, uh, there's a bit of footage from the from the from the house in this 
recon and it's uh, that balcony looks great I, and i suspect again martinez would have made good use of it as a as a set um but yeah to, it's weird to think isn't it that, that this this first year of troutons we've we've got and there's barely any of it it's tr i feel that loss i really do i would love to see this um i would get more excited <laughs> By I get more excited by the idea of a miss. It's what I fantasise about. I don't fantasise about wealth, and I sometimes fantasise about a loft conversion because um, <laughs> I'm getting on a bit now. But I do. I I sometimes when if I'm walking the dog, you know, I go, okay, Toby. So you go to a car boot sale and you've got six episodes. Uh, you find six missing episodes, Doctor. Which ones do you want them to be? Uh, and I think I definitely choose episode seven of this. You've got to see the Dalek Civil War. I mean, it, that's and they repeated this, of course. This was repeated after the wheel in space and, and repeated as part of the storyline. The Doctor shows... I love the fact he even goes, I'm going to weave it into a complete story for you because that's my life. I'm, uh, I, I spend my life uh, being in stories. Shall I tell you the story of my holiday? Um, but so it was weaved into the continuity and they refer to it at the beginning of The Dominators as well. So that, that break... Uh, in transmission they repeated evil of the daleks because it's a brilliant story so they knew it was good enough to repeat uh, and i think they destroyed it not long after it was repeated uh i think well we've done it twice that'll do um oh molly dawson yeah so oh so molly's doing a bit of detective work herself yeah give molly a spin-off Yeah, I, I'd, I'd forgotten about uh, uh, the fact that uh, the repeat of Evil of the Daleks was actually part of Doctor Who continuity. Um. <laughs> yeah, the, this, this, this stuff is all... You know, you, 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 believe, you believe all these characters. They all have a relationship. I think there's a, there's a bit of a sadness about about this the subplot with with terrell and poor old ruth oh who bridget forsyth i worked with she's another one that got away these three are all ones that got away i worked with bridget forsyth so this is seen is is populated by people who i've approached by different means for an interview and failed uh, every single one of them i worked with bridget forsyth she was lovely we chatted about doctor who uh we had a right old natter she's a brilliant actress she uh uh, uh, this was a radio job and she was playing a judge a judge and her voice and her diction has so much authority she's a real class act and she lives she lives not far from me so that's it she, she lives not far from here she said she'd be up for an interview uh but instead of because i'm shy i didn't go give us your number i said well i'll just i'll just drop your agent a line and i dropped it and i and that was a foolish thing to do because i never have luck with agents because my project so i've got no you know i've got no money to pay people i don't commercially exploit i'm just a i'm just an acquisitive geek i just want to gather the people and the stories so i buy them lunch you know but agents don't get 10 percent of lunch you know you don't you don't buy somebody lunch and then send the agent half a prawn cocktail <laughs> so there's nothing in it for them uh and she was filming she was filming the new open all hours and he just went oh, she's doing that and I, went, oh, and, I, and I took it as a sort of brush off and if i was a a dogged sort of individual i'd have perhaps pushed that and i didn't and i regret that now because i had an in 
So there's something about evil of the Daleks is trying to avoid me. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yes. Maxtable, don't have... That's a great, great shot of, of Maxtable. And again, you know, a, a, a really hefty actor uh, 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 being being dominated by... The Daleks are quite scary when they're small. I know I like the big modern tanky Daleks. But but actually, there's something the sort of little little squat Daleks, especially when they tower. Well, they don't tower over things, but when they leer over people, again, there's a sort of malevolence about them. Uh, and of course, Maxtable is a fool. This this man after the oh, and he's going mad. Now that's a worrying sign in a Doctor Who villain, especially in an actor. Who, who's enjoying himself but i'd forgotten maxwell's a bit of an idiot because he yeah he wants he wants the secret of alchemy come on mate um uh, and and he misjudges the daleks doesn't he doesn't he say they're my colleagues no mate um although i'm always wary of villains double crossing villains as well because i think it lets your hero off the hook i always used to get annoyed in 24 when you know they'd get they'd get a new actor in to play you know the next level of baddie so the previous baddie that you'd invested in and quite liked who's also played by a good actor would then get killed by that baddie uh, and you go oh that's just so the, the the hero hasn't even been responsible for the dispatching of the last threat uh and, I, and yeah i always I, I always find it a little boring when 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 yeah when the when the baddies sort of dispose of each other i'm not saying that's happening here but it the, there is that in the dynamic of of maxtable isn't necessarily going to be re defeated by the doctor although he is outwitted by the doctor but he's 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 also partially defeated by the daleks although actually i'm talking myself out of this because he's actually defeated by his own arrogance because he thinks because he's a man of property and he's a man of money and status he can he can he can make a deal with the devil which is a story as old as time uh and his folly is that ambition and arrogance uh and this is nice this is a nice scene for bridget forsyth isn't it that she again is a, is a pretty supporting character oh mad eyes yes well we all know that i love the underwater menace when the doctor diagnoses professor zaroff as being mad how i looked at his eyes he's got mad starey eyes so that was that was that was as psychological as you got in the 1960s. I, th I think he's mad, so I, he's a bit starey. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that father-daughter stuff is, is, is nice. It's nice extra texture. And Bridget Forsyth is very good. Um, and gets a, you know, decent crack of the... In those days, all, most parts were worth turning up for. Even Bob Hall in episode one. He gets a decent amount to do in Kennedy... You know, uh, acting actors in those days, you know, even playing sort of relatively supporting parts, you you got a decent crack of the whip. Um, we've got no idea what this is like, have we? But um, uh, Ke Kemal and Jamie fighting the Dalek, and I I believe isn't there a scene in this? This is what I learned from that brilliant website. There's a oh, there's a there's a high am high camera shot filming down so you see that, that that's what the split level of the of the location will have afforded um a, a good director like martinez and the film so 
although this i think is totally mysterious to us i'm 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 optimistic it will have looked it will have looked good but i think there's a they 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 kill a dalek don't they 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 blow up a dalek does it get pushed off does it fall down a level uh and this website of gavin rymel's that i told you about on a previous episode points out that the prop that they use to be the broken dalek is the bashed in dalek that's at the end of power of the daleks because they've got a broken dalek they were, well that might come in useful uh, some other time and lo and behold it does and and gavin has has sort of managed to compare the two and go yes you could you could tell that it's the same thing i love that sort of scholarship in an area that isn't my area you know i'm props props and uh, and costumes and things aren't my speciality but there's a, just been a design special from doc 2 magazine where phil newman who's a, a another sort of dogged uh, doctor researcher his thing is sets and he contacted all the designers and we've got we've only got interviews with them because of phil's work in the early days and and i love all that and how people sort of uh, you know share their their spoils and 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 for me i mean you know contacts as well you know phil has always if i've needed a number always given me a number um because i think we're all you know we're all on the same side but we don't you know we, do, we don't all hang about <laughs> together there's not a sort of cabal of um uh uh doctor who uh, fans who meet in secret and, and plot um but uh but but there is you know a, sh a sharing of information uh and helpfulness that's great that's great the music there again the dalek so okay well i mean yeah we got through that i was i was having to do a lot of guessing and a lot of talking i'm so sorry um but that's because there was a lot of action in that which you know may well have made it one of the most exciting episodes of doctor whoever uh, it's difficult to tell when you've only got pictures uh so what am i gonna choose i might have to um oh, design chris thompson the designer is uh Oh, Dalek stories created by Terry Nation. I remember that Terry Nation was cross uh, because he's not credited on episode one. So I think there's a voiceover on episode two. You know, the the the, the announcer does a voice did a voiceover on episode two, having him not been credited on episode one, and then he's credited on episodes three onwards as Daleks created by. I think if he wasn't cross, his agent was. Um, that's what agents are for. Um, so that's why he gets a a, a credit. Um, but Chris Thompson, the designer, who worked as a design assistant on some of the Hartnells. Uh, is he on design assistant on uh, Mission to the Unknown, I think? I don't know. Um, uh, don't write in. Um, but he's certainly a design assistant. on so, And this is his only credit on Doctor Who. And I think the design work on Evil is great. So because I'm tired and because there's not a lot to get my... To get to grips is a lot of that is guesswork. So I'm going to say, you know, for points overall, Chris Thompson's design work is glorious. He's great at the period stuff. That stuff in in uh, uh, the, the futuristic stuff also holds its own and gets particularly good, I think, with the Dalek City and all of that sort of stuff. So I think for honours uh, shared across the across the the story, Chris Thompson's design work is going to be my favourite thing for episode. Four. What has Simon chosen? My best thing about episode four 
is there's a huge chunk of this episode where we have no idea or very little idea about what is actually going on. <laughs> the fight scene at the start of the episode lasts just over four minutes with barely a single line of dialogue. The camera script hardly tells us anything of what's going on. The telly snaps just give us a few clues. Reminiscences of the actors in it and the crew who worked on it don't really talk us through the beats of the fight scene. Um, so it's constructed, reconstructed in the audio versions and the, the, the audio books and whatever, really from guesswork. And I find that fascinating and quite fun. <laughs> right, so the thing I was complaining about, I said he was clever. The thing I was complaining about, the fact that we can't really see it, he's made into a virtue. And he's quite right. Um, you know, that is part of the... The fun of it, the guesswork, the fact that we might one day get a clue or a clip might turn up or, you know, but, but it means there's still something tantalising, something to discover. Um, well done for turning that into a virtue, Simon. He's a clever fella. I, I still make no... I really is slightly cheated because so much of that was actually at the house. It's not really a very Chris Thompson-y episode, but I played the design joker. I don't care. Uh, I, I don't think as uh, outside the box as Simon. Um, great. Uh, well, look, um, Evil of the Daleks possesses some sort of factor that makes it special. Let's see if we can distill it down to what that is in the next episode. But thanks for joining me for this one. Good night. I'm very grateful to my guest, Simon Guerrier, who is one of the most interesting and offbeat writers of Doctor Who fiction he's done stuff for big finish he's done stuff for the bbc he's a bit of a renaissance man i particularly enjoy oh it's so difficult so many to choose but i'll tell you what if you haven't stumbled across a companion chronicle called home truths which is the first one to feature sarah kingdom it's a really fascinating piece of work and very very well done and uh, rightfully uh, got some plaudits when it was released but that's just one of Simon's many contributions to the Doctor Who universe. Please do check out his work. It will make you sunnier for the experience. Happy Times and Places was presented by me, Toby Haydoke. And my special guest was Simon Guerrier. The music was by Dave Gates. Special thanks go to Chris Boyle. And the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. My thanks to this episode's featured patrons. Christopher Joyce, Andy Kitching, Pitt Maidley, Russell Parker, Paul Shields, David Spencer... Sidney Trote, Alistair Wallace, John Williams, Pascal Zierker, and Sidney Wilson. Please go to www.tobyhadoke.com for more. And don't forget to rate, thumbs up, and generally be nice about this podcast everywhere you possibly can. It's easy for you, and it helps me, and I'll be very grateful. You can support these podcasts and any other of my broadcasting endeavours at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke and ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. Patrons get special goodies and advanced releases and, of course, 
my eternal gratitude. Evil of the Daleks is available from the BBC as a narrated soundtrack. Episode 2 is available on DVD as part of the Lost in Time collection. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Toby Haydoke YouTube channel.